Clubhouse. Welcome to Decorating the Set from Hollywood to Your Home with your hosts, Beth Kushnick and Caroline Daly. Welcome to Decorating the Set. How's it going, Beth? Very good, Caroline. I'm super excited to talk about bathrooms today, Beth, because I feel like in this day and age, everyone is spending so much time hiding from their families in the bathroom that we have got to address what's going on in there. They're like the 2021 version of a phone booth. Right? Or like when in like the 50s when men would like have to go off to their den or whatever. It's like everyone's just in the bathroom. It's like, I know you're in there. I know you are. Can't find people? Go knock on a bathroom door. <laughs> it's it's just like everyone's just hiding all the time, right? Just trying to get like two seconds of peace anymore. It used to be just Calgon take me away and you'd go soak in a tub. But now it's like a full-time room. Right, you just play on your phone in there. <laughs> uh, well, it's time that this space finally reflects a little bit of our personalities and makes us feel more comfortable, more welcoming, because for goodness sakes, we're spending so much time in there. Beth, you must have so many crazy stories from your work days with bathrooms. I cannot even imagine all that goes into trying to create something like this on set. I do more so, I'd say, in the last maybe five or ten years. Uh, prior to that, I don't know how many people were ready to write scenes in the bathroom. And <laughs> What's up with that, though, Beth? How come, you know, like for all the years that we watch TV, especially as kids or whatever, they never showed a bathroom? They, they certainly never showed anyone really getting ready or anything. That was just all incidental. What was the change with that? I don't know. I think just moving forward with the times, just like in the old days, it would have been two twin beds instead of anything more intimate. I actually have been doing a number of bathrooms, both for home and for office. You know, we had the famous Alicia Florex bathroom in The Good Wife. Tell me about that one. What makes it unique? There we were doing the same kind of backstory that I always create. At that point, the way the script was going, it seemed like the character of Peter Florek might return to that home as his own with his family. So again, that was a bathroom that we dressed for two people with double sinks. Did the same thing for Diane and Kurt's bathroom. There we played really specific character dressing, things that divided the feel of all of the area around the vanity and the sink to be very personal to both those characters. So one of the most outlandish, let's say, or really over-the-top bathrooms that I did was for a show called Why the Last Man, which is just going to be actually probably seen on my Instagram because, unfortunately, the pilot that we shot was recast and reshot. But that was one of the most colorful and eclectic kind of bathrooms that I've ever done. This bathroom was designed for a young girl who was one of the main characters in the show. So, again, you know, I picked very pertinent 
appropriate young girl little extras and toothbrushes and all kinds of items that a kid would have. But the interesting thing about it was that the environment itself was not a child's bathroom. It was just something that evolved and was a lot of strong design choices used. Unfortunately, like some of our work in the film business, it'll never see the screen, never see the light of day. But nonetheless, I'm still going to show you some photos on my Instagram and get your thoughts. That's the kind of really directed set decor that I like to shop for myself and kind of really have a concept, pick each piece and what the packaging looks like on toiletries and, you know, what we can get away with using because of clearances, but also, you know, what sets the tone and the appropriateness for the character in particular. You made me think about, do I actually purchase my own products based on packaging and what I want to see around me in my bathroom? I think you might, Caroline. That's kind of freaky, Beth. I had no it's idea like, that I'd do that. It's kind of you know? It, <laughs> it, it is. I think and people are naturally drawn to certain colors and certain styles. And it's why, for instance, there are so many possible options, you know, because there's seems to be a demographic or an audience for all kinds of things. And people associate certain brands with different age groups. That makes total sense. Like the oil of Olays are going to be a certain group versus Mm -hmm. the Noxzema crew. And it's also based on the character. We built a bathroom on the good fight in, in the law office. You know, that was less of a personal space, even though it was attached to a character's office It was just a more of a a space for like quick grooming instead of really living in a bathroom space. The other thing is that when we're making these bathroom sets, you know, we we tend to make them larger than they really are in real life. First of all, so they're shootable. That allows me to sometimes go with, for instance, an old chest or a chair or a piece of furniture that really sets the tone for how the bathroom looks. Because we are usually having walls that fly in and out. It's a, it's a way to set up the space so there's more filling the frame of the camera. So on most bathrooms that you're working on, are they actually working bathrooms? How, how does that all work? The way in which a bathroom built on set is working is if we have to see an actor or actress in the shower. So if we have to create running water either in the shower, in the bathtub, or in the sink, then my team, my lead man and my set dressers, we do a rig of bringing in literally a hot water heater and all the accompanying items needed to make the sink and the tub and the shower practical. We usually build a trough underneath it, someplace to collect the water. We tend to build those kinds of sets near what hopefully is running water that's already on the stage. 
I think that's fascinating. I feel like depending on the tone of the show, things like having like a glass shower door seems like I equate that with like much more like adult and like kind of sassy like moments or whatever. Because you're always going to see a silhouette of somebody back there. And that that sets a whole different tone than if you're doing the sort of, you know, peek your face around a shower curtain kind of move. Yeah, I think we're talking about more contemporary bathrooms that do have glass shower enclosures the problem with those is for what we do on set, I can get regular glass for that and a handle. Our scenic artists would take a kind of frosted contact paper and cover the whole glass door. In your own home, when you're renovating your bathroom and you want that enclosure look instead of a shower curtain, that glass for safety has to be something that's called tempered glass. And it's something that you have to acquire either through your contractor or through a glass supplier. That takes time. It takes actually a number of weeks to temper glass. So very often I've had a private client where, you know, we've managed to get the whole entire bathroom tiled and everything redone and new fixtures and wallpaper and everything's waiting on the shower enclosure. So if you're planning any kind of renovation, talk to your contractor or really think about having your bathroom measured for that shower enclosure as soon as possible in the process. That is a super good tip because I feel like that's something that people could easily be like, oh, I know I'm going to do it that and then just like leave it and forget to even actually act on it until the very end of the thing. Yeah, then you're not able to use your bathroom for a month or so. Oh, no. (laughs) Not cool. You know, the interesting thing also in COVID is many glass vendors also supply plexiglass and they've been so busy with making closures in plexi for your apartment lobby or for the bank or for whatever store that you're going into, that during this whole time in terms of renovation has been one of those vendors that it's very hard to get on their installation schedule or get the supplies that you need because we're all using a lot of plexi barriers these days. I so agree with you on the on the plexiglass everywhere. I feel like we should all have invested in plexiglass, hand sanitizer and whatnot at the beginning of all of this. But I didn't even think about how that affects your business. There's probably plenty of things like that, especially in a bathroom that are going to involve all kinds of different materials like that. Yes, there is a bit of a shortage right now. Whenever I go to a hotel, my most favorite thing to do is go check out the Lux bathroom and see all the different little accessories that they have in there, the way that they have handled all of the different layouts and different areas of the bathroom. It all makes me super happy and calm. Talk to me about how I can bring some of that into my own house. You know, that is a place where people really focus on packaging and on palette, the feel and the smell of their product that they want to feature. You know, you can do the same thing. If there's a certain palette that you're working with in your bathroom and you want to just do everything in a really clean manner, think about even something to hold your toothpaste, a clean white cup or if your bathroom's predominantly blue something that stores your everyday items that are right out there on your countertop but make it organized and streamlined and the less packaging that you see regular kind of packaging the more decor you choose to put all that packaging into 
the more of a kind of special streamlined space you're going to have. Are you a fan of using those clear bottles? I've seen people do that where they take all their products and they like put them into those clear bottles so that basically everything's like uniform. I'm not such a fan of those clear bottles because I think depending on what the color of the product is, it ends up maybe not looking so uniform. And then, you (laughs) know, you don't want to be washing your face with the wrong item. (laughs) It's the old hairspray in the armpit. Yeah. (laughs) You don't want that. (laughs) So, but I am a fan of, you know, there are even desk accessories that work on a vanity countertop. Tell me what, like what? You'll see a a triple white box, right, with three openings. So then one can become your cotton balls, one can become your Q-tips, one can become toothbrush and toothpaste holder using storage that starts off as like clean line, but decorative storage. There's so many uses for that in bathrooms, so many different kinds of baskets, items that you wouldn't necessarily think of, tin boxes, you know, repurposing different bowls, different cups. In, you know, some scenarios, it can become a place to display a bit of a collection. For Diane and Kurt's bathroom, I used these old pharmacy bottles. I love that you're talking about using different containers that are not just found in the bathroom area because I feel like everything at a store or even if you're on Amazon or whatever, you're getting the same plastic, whatever, from every little department. And so get on out of there. Go look at some pottery. Go look at some different containers that you would see in other parts of your house. Even go shop other parts of your house, right? Yeah, go shop other parts of your house, especially if you're sticking with a consistent color palette. You're just going to feature everything that's white and do it really clean and spa-like and hotel like just look for a glass that's in your kitchen cabinet for your toothbrushes or look for something that's in your desk switch it up a little bit because if you take those items out of the bathroom section and look at different things that hold candles or may even be a small planter or a open bowl or vessel. That's where you start to rethink it and you're able to reuse it. Same thing with baskets, same thing with any kind of storage containers. I mean, some people have small bathrooms, I can relate, but I still have a shelf unit in my bathroom. I still am able to put in something above the toilet toilet. There are bathrooms that are large enough by a a tub to have maybe a little seat or a garden stool or a small, what would normally be a drink table. The whole thing with set decor and with thinking outside the box and thinking as a set decorator is to really try to mix and match things that aren't just what's expected. It's a way of seeing that can change up your space really easily if you start to consider what's not necessarily the norm. One of the coolest things that I remember seeing was when you're looking for things that need to be waterproof because of the shower and stuff like that. Like you said, looking in the gardening area, we found a really beautiful teak stool for my mom's bathroom after she had knee surgery. Beautiful. It was perfect in there because of the steam and all the stuff that was going on in there. It was perfectly suited to the different humidity levels that were going to be in there. But it looks so much like warmer and inviting than a sad plastic pharmacy looking stool. You know, it, it looked 
like happy and friendly and and not, you know, medical, if you will. I appreciate that. And so many of those often have the grippers and stuff like that anyway for things like because you're gardening or you're outdoors or something. So there's like so many different areas that you can look at and pull it back in. When you said the planter thing, I use like a big box ceramic planter that has all of my my makeup brushes in it because it's white and I love it. And I was doing kind of the same thing of like, what do I have in the house? It works beautifully. And I think that it brings in some different texture to the room that I don't think you ever see when you're in the bathroom department. Everything's so slick. Or it's so glittery and, yeah. you know, shiny. <laughs> yes. Why is there like seashells on everything? <laughs> yeah, I don't think I need my bathroom accessories <laughs> encrusted with crystals. Yes, you know? uh, good call on that. That's so odd. I know that sometimes, you know, in kids' bathrooms or maybe if you have like a, a bathroom off of the man cave or a rec room or something, you might want to go with a theme bathroom. I have a girl's bathroom upstairs that's like mermaid related. And so they love mermaid stuff. But I got like an iron sign, something like you'd have like on a dock that says mermaids go here, like with an oh, arrow. That's great. And it's so cute and stuff. It's not like a plastic mermaid. I feel like there's ways that you can do theme bathrooms better than you often see. I agree because it's a unique multi-purpose room, but you know, they're the smallest rooms in the house, especially when we're talking powder rooms. So if you focus on your theme, maybe spend a little bit more on something that picks up and enhances your theme. Again, you know, it's not a big expense to completely transform the space. With these themed bathrooms, I'm a big fan of having the general space, which let's say we call the envelope, more of the architecture, the tiles, the fixtures, if those are in a neutral matching palette, whether they're white or they're cream or they're gray, whatever that is, what we're talking about adding to these specific, almost more character-driven bathrooms, theme bathrooms, is a top layer that can come and go. It can change. It can get added to, you know, you can build on the theme. But in the end, if your kids grow up or you're selling your house or you want to change it up, you still have that initial structure that will then take and work with any other theme, even come back and just be restored to a more neutral space. Now, Beth, if I am somebody who does want to kind of express my personality or have more of a specific style, including my tiles and my wallpaper, what should I feel about like spending a little bit more on this area? Is that okay? Or do you advise not to? I definitely advise to take the leap both in experimentation and financially. Because again, you could go and find a upper end, beautiful, let's say Moroccan style tiles are very in right now, but they have a kind of longevity because they feel like they're history. You know, that tile, if you're doing an entire entryway or an entire patio or some large space are quite pricey. But here in a powder room, you probably need two or three sections because they come together and you just add the grout. If you're doing some really pricey, beautiful wallpaper, a linen or something in a powder room, again, I would only recommend wallpaper in a powder 
powder room like this because in a regular bathroom with a shower and steam, you need more appropriate wallpaper. But, you know, you could probably do the whole bathroom for two rolls of wallpaper. You know, Beth, I had like a total nightmare stitch where people painted over wallpaper in a bathroom and I had no idea. Then when they started to use the shower, the walls were bubbling up and everyone was like, why are the walls bubbling up? And it was because the people had painted over wallpaper. So terrible. So something to definitely pay attention to. Don't do that in a room with a shower. Keep it in the powder room. Keep it as paint and keep it as a paint that's made for bathrooms. You know, you want to try to use a paint that even has a, a primer that doesn't collect mold. I mean, I'm here in Houston. It's a little bit different than than where you live up in New York City. Humidity is a real thing all the time here, all the time. And ventilation, really. You know, that's what it comes down to. Absolutely. People don't necessarily have a built-in fan in their bathroom, especially in apartment dwellers. There's something to think about in, in that sense. And the other thing about powder rooms that gives you a certain freedom is, for instance, I tend to just use a framed mirror instead of needing a medicine chest in a powder room or using a different kind of piece of storage. What that allows you to do is bring instant personality into your powder room because here you can have a beautiful gold antique framed mirror. You don't have to settle for the kind of regular fixtures that end up more in a a bathroom. In a powder room, your lighting can be slightly different because you're not necessarily putting your makeup on in that powder room every day. There are a lot of options to continue to think outside the box. And during this time, again, I really challenge our listeners to shop at home, find other items, and allow yourself to not be so confined with what you think should be. Instead, try to change it up. I love that with the relatively small area that we're working with, that it's okay to experiment more. Like it doesn't feel like I'm investing all this money or time or really even energy if I'm going to try to install some of this myself because it's such a small space. I know that you had been talking to me a little bit about the different types of tile beyond Moroccan. I know that down here, Mexican style floors are super popular. What are the things are you seeing for tiles and flooring in the bathroom? Bathroom fixtures and tiles and grout and the whole business of that has been developing where, you know, you're seeing beautiful, beautiful wood grain tiles now, incredible glass tiles and all kinds of things that also feel like very natural things that almost seem like you would find them outside but they're being retrofitted to be able to be used in the bathroom. A lot of the look is that you're tiling all the walls from the floor to the ceiling. There are beautiful companion colors and tiles because when you're doing tile for your shower floor, you need to think about safety and a certain kind of tile is used for that. There are so many great ways to think about this and order samples, bring them home, live with them. Think about the transition of the floor tile that you pick to whatever is to whatever the bathroom is attached to. Is it attached in a hallway? Is it attached in your bedroom? Because you have to think of that saddle, which is the piece that transitions your flooring. 
Think about grout. Many, many people are used to seeing tile with very, very big grout lines. And it's just not a thing anymore because this whole spa feel is that it's just endless. So you don't want to even look at the shape or see the grout. One of my most favorite tools in my kit that I just never lend and never let it out of my sight because it's sort of hard to get is a plastic container that has every color grout that's made. Because when you think about it, there's so many different color tiles and that warrants so many different colored grouts. A lot of new looks have developed. For instance, people use white subway tiles with black grout or with dark gray grout, or they use white subway tiles now with the least amount of grout line. When you're doing your tile installation, the one way that you can really know that you've done a good job is to have really well done grout lines it can make or break it right it can make or break it because your eye automatically goes to those lines can i tell you beth i had a grout disaster when i moved into this house i was talked into a lighter grout than i wanted with a wood grain tile and when i came in i was like no and they came back and they dyed all the grout for me in place yeah i'm that girl (laughs) i was like this is unacceptable no they they had talked me out of the darker color i wanted because it just once it's darker it's just invisible like you were saying there's like that endlessness of the tile that is beautiful this lighter grout i was like oh my gosh this was such the wrong choice you guys guided me the wrong direction here yeah they came and dyed it all so it's possible if you mess up, you guys, it is possible to fix it. And and I've been here four years and I don't have any area of like weird discoloration or anything like that. But I know that there's different ways now that you can even do. I mean, this, there's always been different ways that you can do tile. I mean, that's been around since the beginning of time. But do you have any preferences or suggestions when it comes to like horizontal or vertical or angling them or trying different things? For me, I'm a fan of symmetrical, even, I don't like, they call it railroaded, where one is higher, the next is lower. It looks sort of like a ladder going up. I do really like tile that either goes to the ceiling or I really love wainscoting, you know, which is a process of doing a chair rail and wood panels around the base and then moving on up to having wallpaper after the chair rail. Again, some people like to have the tile or the wainscoting because it's a pretty rare thing to put wallpaper from floor to ceiling, especially around the toilet, you know, because you want to keep that as clean as possible. Well, that's a whole nother thing to like lean into the the smaller grout lines too, right? Like you want a durability in the bathroom. You want everything to be able to be wiped down constantly with kind of harsh cleaners, you know, as much as we try to all be non-toxic and all that good stuff, we still want to kill the germs. We're doing an intense amount of cleaning, so consider that with your choices, right? If you're if you're choosing really delicate materials, that's probably a no-go for your bathroom area. Exactly. I mean, in a powder room, I've used after the wainscoting kind of up even towards the ceiling, a beautiful linen wallpaper. But again, it's not an area that's being touched. So I think the thing to do is streamline the bathroom at this point because you're using all these cleaning products all the time. Pick the things that you like and the things that are functional 
because of germs, people might not want to have their toothbrushes on their sink at this moment. So, you know, you put them in the cabinet. There are adjustments to be made for a comfort factor. I'd say to anybody who has a big enough bathroom, it sure would be probably nice to have a little stool or a way to sit down for all you people who are having your private phone calls or your <laughs> right? time to breathe. <laughs> you know, like all those commercials where parents are eating cookies in the bathroom. Yes. You know? Beth, you just gave me an excellent idea. So I have the type of bathroom where I have like a vanity where you actually can put like a big chair and sit there and do your makeup. Oh, that's great. Built in as a part of my larger countertop. But right now I had taken like a large bamboo style. It was probably meant for something like pool toys or something outside, but I put all our towels in there and I slid it into that space. But now I'm going to yeah, get a I think comfortable you better chair. bring back your chair for yourself. I'm getting a Caroline. comfortable chair. <laughs> I think next recording, Smart. you better do it from your vanity table. <laughs> yes. I'm going to sit there. I never sit there. I always yeah, we just could have used some it really for storage. Good acoustics that way. Oh my God, Beth, you're making my bathroom so much more comfortable. I'm loving this. Another area that I think about when I'm trying to do my makeup is the color of the paint on the walls around me. Is it something that that I should be considering? What's flattering to my skin? Think or about what? that because I must. Okay. Yes, you must. If you want to be, you know, if you want to be having a proper view. I mean, first of all, the best thing would be to have a window in your bathroom. But if that's not possible, like it isn't in mine, you know, paint color and the reflection of that paint color really affects what you're doing with makeup and light. You know, the other thing you need to think about is how close can you get to a mirror? I find it so funny that some of these vanities are so deep and so huge that even when you're just brushing your teeth, you're like a mile away from the mirror. <laughs> yeah, you're doing that thing. Especially if you're trying to do eye makeup, yeah. I have to go into the closet and use my full-length mirror that's on the back of the door because I need to get really close to the mirror. You're right. That is poor planning on my part. It's something to think about when you're thinking of the floor plan. You know, how so what close do you suggest? to the mirror... How, how do I get closer to the mirror? What do I do? Well, it's great to be able to have a vanity space or, you know, listen, there's a, a lot of people who put their makeup on in, in a different spot. I don't put mine on in the bathroom. Well, la-dee-da, Beth, where you put on your makeup? <laughs> in my little corner of my bed, Caroline, where I do all my my thinking and my working and my living. You I know? love that you're, you're like, this is my thinking time. <laughs> I love it. I feel like I've seen a couple varieties of things that actually I've heard after you get to be a certain age, people are like, do not buy one of those mirrors that are like the super magnifier because you are just going to cry yourself to sleep at night when you see your pores that well close. i'll tell you something i don't think that people who have teenage girls should have one of those mirrors yeah, and i don't think that older people should as well Me because they're just not your friend they, everyone looks like horrible in them okay no yeah, one's gonna bad. look like this porcelain doll okay you're right. all gonna look bad so don't bother with it here's my latest most helpful bathroom item sort of pseudo bathroom item, makeup item. They're making makeup bags right now, which are basically flat, round, plastic containers that you pull together with a string tie and it turns into a little pouch. And what that allows you to do is see all your makeup in that 
pouch in a flat manner instead of digging through your makeup bag. Okay, so I'm trying to understand you. So you're opening up the top like a drawstring, and it's like one of those like Lego bags where you can like lay it all out, but when it's time to clean it up, you just like gather it, it up and suck it together. It's the Lego of makeup, and it's, <laughs> it's the brilliant. Lego organizer bag. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's a game changer, Caroline. I love this. Tell me. In terms of organization, the fact that like you're not digging into the old style makeup bag and looking for one particular item, but this is all spread out right in front of you. Now, here's the thing. When what? it falls off your bed, oh, and no. everything's all over the place, that's not like, so much fun. <laughs> but no, seriously. I, I, I mean, it's like, it, it's such a little, a little invention, but it's, it's so great. It's, you know, so helpful in terms of daily routine. And there are a lot of daily routine items that are being made for bathrooms. Beth, what's one of your most favorite tech gadget thing, bathroom gadget things that makes things like life a little bit easier? Or you're just like enjoying in the bathroom areas. Uh, right now, I'd say one of the best things is the touch free soap dispenser. Nice. It's just so appropriate for our times. Anything that has to do with the sanitizing and UV powerful light sanitizers or anything to sanitize your toothbrush. You know, one of the things that I think is a great idea for organization and just for like not accidentally dropping it into water is having a tray for your phone anywhere, whether it's a dedicated tray on your vanity, a dedicated tray somewhere. I've seen these cool toilet paper holders now where there's actually a tray on the top. So to keep people from a touching their phone at the wrong times, whatnot, but also from like dropping it anywhere. Dropping it on the tile is yes. not a good situation. I have getting it wet, of it. course, is a disaster. Yeah, yeah. So so smart. There's so many things, and if we're really considering that it's our Zen space for a while, listening to music, any kind of shower item that's waterproof, you can listen to music is great. I do think you know a lot of people like to shave in the shower. Yeah having that like shaving caddy or magnifying mirror for guys who want to shave in the shower is great waterproof notepads even are a new thing towel warmers are an old item that used to be only in the highest end bathrooms but now they have smaller ones that you know are just perfect for warming your towel you don't have to worry about warming five or ten towels Right. And uh, <laughs> the best thing I've seen lately are aromatherapy kits. Yeah, tell me. It just, the steam propels, you know, the whole concept of aromatherapy. It's eucalyptus all the time. It's eucalyptus all the time, which is <laughs> really my favorite scent. And there are, you know, there are discs now that you just throw in the tub and as your shower is running you yeah. you know run the shower water over the disc and your whole bathroom is just it's you like know enveloped in eucalyptus and you're breathing better and feeling better and energized and you know mm -hmm. that's something also that as we're trying to like break up this day of being inside you don't necessarily have to start or end your day with a shower you could do something like that if you're you're working from home take your lunch break and take one of those kind of invigorating showers 
So there's ways to bring in some other scents into the bathroom with candles. I know that that's something we talked about in lighting to try to have some different types of lighting in different parts of your house. But the bathroom is a great place for that. But we need to make sure about safety, Beth. Yes, I would recommend not putting the candles on the back of the toilet, but otherwise, you know, anything you can do to make it a more relaxing space, maybe even use those battery-operated flicker candles around your bathtub. And, you know, there's also some great trays where you can literally have a book stand and read in the tub, work in the tub. Oh, my. There's a great movie called Trumbo, where Brian Cranston's character, he plays Trumbo, writes scripts in the bathtub. I love that. So it's a great place to like meditate, but also maybe you're getting your creative juices flowing. That's why you have to have your waterproof notepads. Exactly. Just makes sense, Beth. (laughs) Beth, these have been so many fantastic tips that I feel like our listeners can take and run with right away. If they want to do a bigger overhaul, I know that you are always open for them to send pictures and ask you lots of questions. So you guys make sure that you are using Beth as your decorator because she is fantastic and willing to help you guys out. Now, I know, Beth, you're holding back on me. I know that you must have at least one story from set where somebody has had a mishap. You're just saying that because I gave you a little hint, Caroline. (laughs) I just can't believe that no one's ever messed up. In fact, there have been a number of mess ups, which do include the totally unbelievable concept that some extras on the set thought that a bathroom that we had built to be next to our courthouse set, law and order job that I did, trial by jury, those extras thought the bathroom was a practical bathroom. Oh, no. Even though, Caroline, (laughs) when you look around and you see the ceiling above you with the grid and the lights hanging, they thought it was a practical bathroom for their use. Oh, no. They left a gift for us there. And, of course, it comes down to the scent decorating department to deal with that. So uh, that wasn't a very pleasant day on set. You know, Beth, you warned us at the very beginning that set decoration sounds glamorous. But that people should really take a second to understand all that it involves. (laughs) I'm telling you, I am giving you true, believe it or not, behind the scenes dirt. (laughs) Uh, And it was dirty. Oh, my gosh. I believe it. (laughs) Well, (laughs) that's why we try to go to work with a smile on our face and do what we do and try to be creative. But that day in particular was... Not such a fun day on set. Now, but hey, it gave you a great story for your podcast. So come on, it did. It did. It was many years ago, but we all learned our lessons. And now, you know what we do? I hope you padlock those damn things shut. Oh, listen, we take literal caution tape oh. and we wrap the entire toilet and the oh lid of the gosh. toilet and any part around the toilet in caution tape. <laughs> So it looks like a crime scene before it isn't. Oh, my God. That's too funny. I love that so much. 
Beth, thank you so much for all the great tips today. I know that we're going to have a lot of questions about bathrooms moving forward, and I encourage everybody to please write into Beth, send your pictures, give us info over on Instagram, over on Twitter, anywhere you are, Facebook, we are here for you. Yes, thank you all for listening, and I am the decorator by your side and willing to even pick out your grout color. So DM (laughs) me at Back Home Decor, that's B-A-K Home Decor. Thank you guys so much for listening. Please make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to Decorating the Set on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Five stars, people. Decorating the Set from Hollywood to Your Home is an original Pod Clubhouse production. Recorded, edited, and produced at Pod Clubhouse Studios. For more information, please visit us online at podclubhouse.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to Decorating the Set at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening.